That's classic. We bring you great laughs and a unique behind-the-scenes look at classic television shows and movies. I'm John Cato. I'm an actor, voiceover artist, and also bring you an amazing insight as a moderator with over 20 years' experience in the television industry. All right, so fantastic. Today on That's Classic, we have uh, none other than uh, Judy Norton, which most of you will be familiar as Mary Ellen from The Waltons, as well as... uh, Many other appearances she's made on, on television and uh, various theater productions. So we're just thrilled to have her on the show. So Judy, thanks for being here. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, you got it, without a doubt. Um, so anyway, I kind of want to go through certainly the Waltons and certainly you know other aspects of your career. But um, why don't we just start, first of all, with, uh, I, I, I kind of read a lot on, you know, about you. And I noticed that you started out really as a dancer and then kind of segued in as a child into, into acting. What was that? What was it about it that you, you kind of felt like that urge to go into acting versus dancing? Well, I started the dance classes when I was very young. I think like mm-hmm. a lot of little girls, some you know ballet classes and tap and jazz and stuff. And uh, I think what made me steer away from the dance was that I, I was one of the younger ones. So when it came time for recitals, I didn't get to really be featured at all. And I, I'm not sure what that was about because I was young. Uh, yeah. All I thought was I didn't get picked to do the lead. Uh, <laughs> it very well may have been that my parents couldn't afford whatever was involved in the recitals, costumes and things like that. But all I knew was I wasn't picked. Um, and around the same time, my father was working with someone whose children were doing some work in film and television, background work, whatever. And he Mm -hmm. thought, oh, well, my kids could do that. (laughs) So he sort of started looking into that. And for me and my sister, he got us a sort of a drama coach. So I started doing some of that and and felt that it interested me. So it just Mm -hmm. sort of segued. It wasn't necessarily a real conscious choice. Yeah. Uh, But I don't know that I had the really the drive and passion for dance that I probably would have needed to really pursue it when I, I've worked with a lot of fabulous dancers on in musicals and, mm-hmm. and they just live and breathe dancing and that was not me, so. I got you. <laughs> probably good nice. that I transitioned young. <laughs> yeah, it was nice that your dad kind of recognized that too. That's pretty cool. So I saw that you, you also had worked in the Jonathan Daly uh, theatrical company. Was that around that same time? Because I mean, I mean, for fans out there, obviously Petticoat Junction, Jonathan Daly, and I think you did like even CPO Sharky, come to think of it. But um, was that all at that time as well? That actually came about later. I was about 10 and I had got, I, I had an audition for a theatrical production of Wait Until Dark. There's mm-hmm. a little girl in that theatrical production. And I went and I auditioned for that and I didn't get that production, but somehow Jonathan knew of it or heard about it and he was doing a production also and so he offered me the role in his production so I initially joined that production and then after that uh, Jonathan had an ongoing repertory theater company Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and when he and he also wrote plays specifically for the people that were in his company so I basically was invited, my sister and I were both sort of invited to be part of that company. We were the only non-adults in the company. Yeah. Uh, my sister was involved in a few productions, but she moved out of it. But I really loved it, and so I was the only child in that in that company. And I was with them till I was 13 and started doing the Waltons, and I couldn't handle both, both uh, responsibilities. Yeah, that's a lot with my shooting schedule, I couldn't, I couldn't be reliable for classes, but Jonathan would uh, have classes when we weren't doing a show. And then when he would put a show together, then he would use that show to create characters for the actors to help them move their skills forward. And we got to put it up in front of an audience, which was wonderful. And I started doing behind the scenes stuff as well. I might handle props or help with mm-hmm, various mm-hmm. different things because everybody sort of pitched in that way. How did you, you know, I, I thought this was really interesting. You know, I talked to a lot of different, act, you know, actors or child actors and how they got their start and things like that. 
I thought I found it really interesting that you end up in Hotel, the the, the film Hotel. I mean, that's quite a cast, like quite a cast. Carl Malden, Merle Oberon, uh, Melvin Douglas. Uh, and then I, I, I saw the scene. I mean, I see, you know, you're in the, the, the elevator. Granted, you don't say anything, but look who you are with. Did, did you at that time, which often is hard for a kid, but did you realize like who you were around at all? Did anyone even tell you? My mom was aware of who I was around uh, because I remember walking across the sound stage the first day of filming and she's like, oh, there's Merle Oberon. I had no idea who Merle Oberon was at Legend. that point in yeah. my career. And, and I did not have the scene that I did the sequence. I mean, we spent several days shooting that elevator sequence uh, because in film, you know, in television, that would have been like, you know, a quarter of a day <laughs> to get, right. you would have had, bam, it's done. Yeah. In a film, we did multiple days on that, uh, and Marl Oberon was not in that scene. Mm -hmm. So I didn't interact with her at all. Uh, but yes, in the elevator was Michael Rennie and Carl Malden and, um, and, and then Rod Taylor rescued everybody out of the elevator. So right. he lifted me up out of the elevator. Uh, what I do remember, I mean, I had no idea who these people were. Yeah. Uh, but I remember Michael Rennie playing Old Maid with me, playing cards with me, which That's I just, cool. looking back, think, wow, how, how sweet was that for this fabulous older actor to sit and take the time to play cards with a kid on the set? Right. I saw one other thing I saw in there too, which I wasn't as familiar with the actress. I, you know, don't want to overstate it, but I, I, it, I had read up that D. Paul was in the elevator with you, and then later on is in actually the Waltons all these years later. Do you recall that? Uh, yes, uh, it was it was D. Carroll, and she D. played Carol, my mom D. Carol, D. Paul. in the hotel yeah. in in the film Hotel. Yeah, and then she played the character Dr. Vance in the Waltons, who sort of was my mentor when I wanted to become a nurse. Uh, he, she played his wife in an episode, so I did know that we had worked together before, and I thought that was a wonderful, wonderful coincidence because there weren't many people that I had worked with because I hadn't you know, I didn't have a real extensive career before the Waltons. So right. I wasn't constantly coming across people I'd worked with before. But, you know, later on, I, I would cross paths with people. And I, 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 it's horrible, but I've forgotten more people than I remember that did episodes because everybody did an episode of the Waltons. Oh, yeah. I was going to say you're human. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I totally get it. Um, what about, so how how many TV roles did you actually have then before you you, you booked the Waltons? Uh, I had done sporadic things. I mean, I started off doing background work as a lot of children do. Yeah. And then, um, and then I started getting some, you know, small roles in, in TV shows. I, I did something in, um, uh, Tammy Grimes had a short lived mm -hmm. television series. Mm -hmm. So I did an episode of that. And I did an episode of a show called felony squad, uh, where I really had a prominent role. James best played my father in that. Oh, wow. Wow. And that starred um, uh, Dennis Cole. Oh, jeez. I, oh gosh, I'm 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 totally spaced on the. Okay, other it's actor. pretty impressive on those both of those. Uh, well, I had a crush on on Dennis Cole because he was so cute, and again, I was like nine or something. But you know, <laughs> it was like here's this blonde-haired, blue-eyed. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. No, and I remember him. I remember him giving me this one acting tip. And of course, anything that he said, I, I was like, oh, yes. He said, when you're doing a close-up, have your eyes go back and forth because it, you know, like as you're looking at the person, because it keeps your eyes active. And it probably would make me look demented if I tried to do it. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, there's a good tip. Um, so that was a lot of fun, that, that episode. Um, and then oh gosh what else did i work on it it's it's a blur <laughs> oh i'm sure i'm but, sure yeah, yeah different various different things and then of course worked with the theater company mm -hmm. um did you do commercials as well uh, only in background work like my very first mm -hmm. job was a hostess twinkie commercial but there was no dialogue in the commercial mm -hmm. although i was sort of featured um because we were at griffith park at, on the merry-go-round there's a there I don't, I don't know if it's still there, but there was a merry-go-round there. And mm -hmm. 
So they wanted a, a number of children riding this merry-go-round. And then at one point, the director wanted like two children to run past cameras, which, which made you much more featured because you yeah. were just in. And I was one of the, the children that he chose. And I just remember being upset because I didn't get to keep riding the merry-go-round. <laughs> yeah, right, of course. That age. No like, idea. I was all about the fun. Never mind, I'm going to be featured. Right. Um, I did I did a Colgate toothpaste commercial, again, as background, but the lead featured actress, and that was Kim Carrath oh, from wow. Sound of Music. Yeah, no uh, kidding. So, you know, I did little, little odds and ends of, of things like that. Um, but I didn't really do, I've never really particularly done commercials. Uh-huh. Uh, for whatever reason, it's it's not a prejudice on my part. No. Just not my strong suit. Uh-huh. Uh, being cast in commercials, so. So what if, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've been asked this a zillion times, but, and forgive me for asking you again, probably, but how, when you uh, first auditioned for the Waltons, do you recall that? Do you remember oh, yeah. like the call and the process? And could you go walk us through that a little bit? Absolutely. I think the fans would love that. Yeah, it was, um, it the initial audition, I uh, went in and because we, we've, we auditioned with the scene in the barn when we were cracking walnuts. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, early in early in the episode, we're sitting around cracking walnuts, and Mary Ellen is having a rant, <laughs> mm -hmm. as she often does. Yeah. Uh, so it was a wonderful opportunity for me because I was really featured in that scene. What they did, which they don't typically do, is they had. I know for sure they brought in six actors, one for each of the younger children. The, the role of John Boy, which Richard Thomas played, I'm sure was already cast at the point that we mm -hmm. auditioned. Mm -hmm. So I don't remember if they had somebody who was reading John Boy or whether they, I can't imagine that they brought in actors for that. So they took in, I don't know how random it was, but okay, good, you six are coming in. And the mm -hmm. six of us went in and we read that scene together. And then uh, and the um, the producer, Bob Jacks, was there. Fielder Cook, the director, Earl Hamner, the the writer and creator wow. of the show, Pam Palafroni, who was the casting director. I think there was a uh, an associate producer. Anyway, so there was about five or six people in the room, and we read that scene, and then we went away. Then I got a call back. I went back, and again they took six of us in the room. And we read that same scene and thank you very much. Bye-bye. Uh, I do remember because she was supposed to be a tomboy and I was, I was totally into diff all kinds of sports and stuff. When yeah. Very athletic. Loved, yeah. You know, love doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I, my take on the character, I went in, uh, in wearing cutoff shorts, a t-shirt, hair and pigtails and barefoot. Wow. And I remember reading an article uh, with Earl Hamner years later and he commented that when I walked in the room, he went, oh, that's her. Wow. So something about my look, my presence. Uh, I was one of the few that didn't have red hair. A lot of the kids were mm -hmm. natural redheads and we were all supposed to be redheads. So they were willing to overlook that, thank goodness. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, then what happened was I got called back a third time and they brought six of us in the room and there were only six of us there and they basically brought us in the room i think they wanted to see us all together and they told us in the room that we were the ones they wanted to hire and oh that my never gosh. happens you never get told in the room that you're hired mm -hmm. um and i How remember talking was with that? um with cammy cammy kotler the youngest she was only like six uh, and i remember talking to her mother years later uh, she had watched, because I did on my YouTube channel where I talk about the Waltons. Right. I did one and I talked about the casting of The Homecoming. And Barbara wrote me an email afterwards and she said, yeah, Cammy had told me that, but she was only six. So I didn't quite know whether or not that was, whether she had correctly understood that. Yeah. And of course, nobody was in the room but us. So for Cammy to go out and tell her mom what happened, Barbara was like, uh, Okay, maybe that happened. Maybe right, right, exactly. So You're was, sick. She's like, I was really happy to hear your take on it because what Cammy told me was correct. <laughs> wow, wow. Was that literally? Was did everybody just pretty much like jaws drop at that moment? Um, I do not remember my reaction other than I was happy, but 
I don't remember any, I think you're so sort of, the room can be intimidating. Oh, sure. You know, even as an adult, but as, as, as a kid, it was going in for auditions was really intimidating. Uh, so I think it was kind of, oh, you know, I can't go, oh, yay. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Even though you're you know, feeling it's like game, it, you game yeah. face on, oh, wow, you know, smiles and stuff. But right. I don't know that anybody, I think we were all a little stunned and maybe not quite trusting it until sure. we got the official word. It's like this could be taken away. So I don't, I, you know, yeah. I don't want to count on it. Right, yeah. until you're sit on the set filming it, you don't the believe contract, it. I, I the, yeah, right. Checks in yeah. the mail. You know? <laughs> yeah. So that was that was the movie, The Homecoming, right? That was yeah. the initial movie. So in the movie, uh, we have Patricia Neal. We have Edgar Bergen, which is pretty wild, actually, that, that he turned out to be the grandpa. Do you recall them? Do you remember what it was yeah. like to be around them? Because obviously, these are legends as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because we spent five weeks filming together for the homecoming, mm -hmm. even though Edgar Bergen and Patricia Neal and not so much um, Andrew Duggan because he was only there for a couple days because his his part was was much shorter. But mm -hmm. um, Patricia Neal was there throughout. Edgar Bergen was there throughout. So I do really remember them. Um, Patricia Neal was um, she I mean she was she was wonderful she um she was very professional i i don't think we really hung out and chatted mm -hmm. yeah uh, plus the fact that when we weren't on set we had to be go to school so oh, right we weren't really we didn't really get to just hang out on set but i had you know i had a couple scenes with her and that was really nice uh what i remember is that we had all our parents who were very familiar with patricia neal and knew that she'd had a stroke and had right. recovered. We were sort of all cautioned to not be too rambunctious around her. Don't knock her over. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. Because um, I think nobody was quite sure just how steady she might be if she had any any physical, um, you know, aspects, anything going on there that might make yeah. her not totally steady. Uh, so we were kind of like, okay, you kids, there's six of you, don't get out of hand. Uh, and so I remember being a little like keeping Anaya, okay, I need to, you know, maybe watching her a little bit differently than I would if I hadn't been thinking, oh, is she going to, is she okay? Is she? Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what but, about Edgar Bergen? Yeah. What, I, I mean, honestly, I mean, I, I do a lot of research in, in Hollywood and things like that. He's a real difficult one to to really know much about, to be honest with you. Um, what what would do you have any recollection at all of what he was like uh, on that set? Yeah, uh, one of the not so much on set, although you know when we were doing group scenes, it was all very easy and comfortable. I don't remember anybody ever having an attitude or anything anything uncomfortable or any tension i never noticed anything yeah, like that when yeah. we were filming it all just seemed like super warm and 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 the director fielder cook was lovely so he really created a very warm safe environment where we got the work done but nobody ever yelled and mm -hmm, so there was mm -hmm. no there was none of that harshness on the set which i really appreciate um the the two things that stand out for me about edgar bergen are there was a scene when we're all sitting listening to the radio and there's a knock at the door and we all think it's 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 our it's our dad home and so we get up and we all go running out of the room and you see this point where Edgar's in his rocking chair and it's like the chair goes like this we literally knocked him over <laughs> leaving and they left that in they left that take in where he's like <laughs> Oh, that's you didn't wild. actually see the the chair fall, but it was not meant to happen. So that was one of those. I mean, fortunately, he was fine. He wasn't hurt, but I guess oh, it that's was so funny. realistic that they kept that take. <laughs> I'm going back just to see that scene. Seriously, that's funny. Wow. Yeah. So I remember that, and then I remember we had four weeks in 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 L.A. filming at the studio at CBS uh, Studio Center. Oh. Uh, and then. We went to Jackson Hole, Wyoming for a week to film all of the exteriors 
of the house and all the snow and everything that happened outside, we shot it was up Jackson there. Hole. I didn't yeah. know that. I was gonna. That was one of the yeah. things I was so curious about. Did you ever go to Virginia? And so they oh. went to they went to Jackson Hole to do it. Oh, yeah. okay. So the Grand Teton Mountains. That was our backdrop for the homecoming. So everything, all that snow stuff in our show was all legit. You know, it was up there in the snow. Wow. Uh, and when we, while we were up there, we stayed at this this the Virginia Inn, I think the Virginian Inn or something like that. And it had it was like a kind of like a, a motel. So it was kind mm -hmm. of in a big U shape with um, a courtyard. And then there was a lodge, sort of a um, the the there was a room in the um, in the reception area where there was uh, there was this lodge and this fireplace and a big room and. Edgar had brought two of his ventriloquist dummies. Oh, I was Charlie hoping you were going to say that. Who were the two? And he put on a show for all the kids that were up there. No way. Yes. So he did a show for us just impromptu one day at the hotel. Was one of them Charlie McCarthy with the little yeah. top hat and the yeah. monocle? Oh yes. my gosh, that's so cool! The, the the goofy one, <laughs> right? Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, I just I can picture him, yeah. but I couldn't think of who that that yeah. What his name? And was. I remember yeah. thinking, I can see his lips moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's a little bit older at that point too. Yeah. 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 Um, but <laughs> it was funny. it was so clever. But he but it did he he could do that thing where there was the illusion of him throwing his voice, which wow. I was fascinated by. And just the material was so cute and, and clever. And I just, even then, remember thinking how kind and generous that was for him to do that for us. Oh, very much so. Very much yeah. so. Plus, what a rare moment. Are you kidding me? I mean, how many people would have loved to have experienced Private that? Private show, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty darn cool. So when you think about the Waltons, um, I mean, one. Th I mean, I've heard so many different stories. One was um, I heard that you had a crush on on Richard Thomas at one oh, point. Is that true? In the homecoming, yeah, huge crush. Okay, yeah, yeah. Did you know uh, I was who 13, he was? He was twenty. Uh, no, I knew nothing about him. Yeah. Wow. And when I first met him, I wasn't. You know, it's kind of. It took me. It took me a a little bit at first. I I didn't I didn't gravitate to him immediately, um, but it, it was pretty quick. You know. Yeah, time. you both have yeah. a pretty strong theatrical background, too. I think that was, uh, even at that point, you would have. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, his was much more extensive than mine, and he'd already had a couple of hit movies, and he, so... Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, but just because we had, some, we had so much interaction, our two mm -hmm. characters, Mary Ellen and John Boy, always had a really cool dynamic um, right. throughout the time so i loved the scenes we got to do together over the years because there was always this back and forth bantering kind of stuff uh so he was great to play scenes off of and uh so i just yeah i mean it's still a, a dear dear friend you know i still adore him was there a similar i mean look i'm not saying exactly but was there a similar kind of between the three of you kind of a similar uh you know vibe offset did you kind of rib each other or what was the what was that like um not really uh no i mean that that kind of bickering thing the bickering thing was on camera but we would tease each other so uh, -huh. uh but it was more it was never it was never a dig. It was more yeah. lighthearted, fun teasing right. than the way Mary Ellen and John Boy would would get snarky with each other. Right. Uh, and because we sat next to each other at the dinner table, you know, we would goof around. <laughs> I got you. I got yeah. yeah. You're you're waiting for lighting. You're waiting for everything. You know, yeah. At, at that moment, what yeah. um uh you know obviously you're a big family in the show and all that offset. Was there still that sense of like family? Like I've talked to, oh, I don't know, the, the people from Happy Days, you know, various shows. And, you know, for some of them, it was. And for, for others, not so much. What was yours like? Ours, totally, totally. I mean, still, you know, they're still family. I mean, I talk to them regularly. Uh, wow. And we still, we we do things together. We, we take trips together. We've attended each other's weddings and births and bar mitzvahs and you know funerals and 
Um, yeah. We've, yeah, we just like hanging out together. I mean, that is, I mean, the kids particularly, uh, when I talk about the kids, I, I exclude Richard just because he was the star of the show and he was I get not, it. he was already kind of out of school. He was never in the schoolroom with us. So the kids were from Jason down to Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. uh, we totally hung out together. We went to lunch together every day when we were on the set. We would all just, you know, wherever we were going, we'd all go have lunch together. Um, we, we did different sorts of events away from the show because we did parades and appearances and different things like that. And then it just kind of continued. Uh, Michael and Ralph, I got close to more after the show was over just because of the age difference. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Not that I wasn't close to him then, but we didn't hang out unless we were doing something that was a public appearance that we were all at. Um, and Ellen Corby sometimes would do appearances with us. And I was, I spent more time probably talking with her because she sort of took me under her wing. Some of us, a number of us, she did. And she would uh, give us advice about the industry and stuff. Well, she was a she was a she was somebody that she came from the right spot. I mean, Ellen Corby. I I mean, I'm sure you know more about her than I do, but I mean, she literally went back to the R Gang comedies when it came to as a writing. Script supervisor. And, yeah, exactly. There. So yeah. She's, so she's uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, what was it? Uh, she had I think it was Best Supporting or or I think it was Best Supporting Actress uh, Oscar nomination for I Remember Mama. So I mean, she's a she's, she's a legend. She's a somebody to have you know around. Boy. Yeah. And Will Gear, who you know had oh. an amazing background. I didn't spend as much time one-on-one -on -one talking with him, but he gave us all a lot of advice too, especially from his experience having been blacklisted. Um, oh, I didn't know that Will yeah. Gear was blacklisted. Yeah. Um, so during that time when he couldn't work, he he had the the theater, the Will Gear Theater that he yeah. created in Topanga Canyon, which Botanicum. is Botanicum. I think it was called like yeah, theatrical, the theatrical Botanicum. Botanicum. Yes. Yeah. And they, it's still running. His daughters, grandkids, run it. Wow. It's a fabulous theater. Did you ever perform there? Actually, um, I did not on their main stage. I did a concert on one of their smaller under the oaks stages. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Beautiful setting. Yeah. Um, and then we did a, we did a, I think a fundraiser or something, uh, there, I mean, these were the concert and that were, were years later where we mm -hmm. just did some things to try and help out the theater. I, I attended some performances there, but, wow. uh, I had never, I never really learned to do Shakespeare. I didn't really do Shakespeare and they predominantly would do, I mean, not just Shakespeare, they do other Kind of no, I know. I know they did quite a few productions of it, though. Yeah, yeah. I think I was a little yeah. intimidated to to step into that. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I understand. Like, I did a lot of theater, but you know, I gravitated more towards then musical theater after the Waltons and did right. You know, did Shakespeare's a whole like nother that. animal. Yeah. 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 What uh, uh, What about um, with Ellen Corby? What uh, So what What you know was she like a very warm person offset or you know I mean she was pretty tough. Tough, tough woman in the industry, actually. Yeah, um, I mean, she could be. She she could be very funny. She had this, I, you rarely got to hear grandma giggle, but she just had the cutest giggle. If you, if you um, on YouTube, there is a clip of an appearance she did on the Johnny Carson show. Okay. She, um... she, she tells a wonderful story about being off traveling someplace exotic and, and an interchange with a an exchange with a taxi driver that's just adorable um but so you hear you hear her actually kind of be lighthearted and, and giggling and stuff uh so she, there was that side to her but she took the work very seriously she really did her homework which you can mm -hmm. tell when her performances are just brilliant oh incredible uh, and so she really knew her craft and she was very professional and she was always kind of trying to get the kids to be more professional because we just it, it would get you know the hours Your would kids. get long and it, yeah. would, it would just we were trying to keep our energy up so we'd get to fooling around particularly if we were in the kitchen waiting they'd want us to sit at the table while they set the lights but then they'd want us to be quiet and oh, it's like and, but then it would be like okay good now we're filming now you're gonna try and be energetic and it's hot in there and there's no air and you're like so we were always we'd always digress into getting silly and and oh, make it certainly. difficult for them to set the lights and 
yeah, I know it was, it was tough, but it was, you know, come roll camera time, then it's like we needed to kind of be on. So some directors understood that and, and sort of let us roll mm -hmm. and, and some crews were, some cinematographers were more forgiving than others. Some assistant directors were more forgiving. Yeah. We got yelled at a lot. Right. <laughs> so Ellen was always kind of trying to run herd on us and, um, and sometimes it was successful, sometimes it wasn't. But I she really, you. she took things, really took things to heart. She took them very seriously. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, she traveled a lot. As She'd done a lot of travel and, uh, you know, she just had a, she had a fascinating life. And, yeah. uh, and because she had been a script supervisor, her attention to detail was meticulous. Oh, I'm uh, sure. So she would share things about that and you know there's a real art to kind of walking and chewing gum you know in, yes. in terms of being an actor because you have marks to hit you have which are critical for lights and cameras and focus and and then you might have props and and doing the same thing whether you're in a long shot or a close-up so keeping all of that straight while you're then also doing a performance right uh, just being aware of all those things, just, you know, you, you kind of had to, you know, do this kind of thing. All right. The at the same time. And, did it was yeah. the, was the set from uh, the homecoming, was that the same set that was used for the, uh, the series? No. Um, none of it was uh, because we did our interiors uh, at different studios. Okay. We I got you. It, CBS Studio City for the mm -hmm. homecoming and we shot at Warner Brothers for the Waltons. So the interior of the house looked different, the kitchen looked different. It was all the, you know, the 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 way they built it was a different configuration. And then in the homecoming, the exterior of the house which we really didn't particularly see. We saw it off in the distance in the yes. opening credits as we were trudging up to the house with our logs in our hands. Um, but then you never really saw the exterior of the house again. In um, the Waltons, that exterior set was on the back lot of Warner Brothers, and it was just kind of a facade and sides, but there was almost nothing inside it, so we couldn't shoot anything inside. Wow, it had platforms so you could go up to the second level and look out the windows, and because sometimes you'd see, you know, John Boy or somebody lean out a window from the front yard, or so those types of things, but inside there wasn't much of anything gotcha did um and then of course you got ralph Waite and uh michael Leonard. what what you know obviously they're your parents in the show but what what were they like off you know once the cameras weren't rolling were did they do their own thing or were what was your relationship with them yeah they they tended to they were incredibly close um and Ralph would Ralph would be a bad influence sometimes like in the kitchen he would help us he would help us be silly he would I think he was also kind of helping keep the energy up and stuff like yeah that. he would yeah. tell us off-color jokes oh, nice. <laughs> nice. and uh, sing intentionally out of tune uh, oh, loudly um, and we would always joke about his um he had very blue eyes, his baby blues, you know, yeah. <laughs> he would die, oh, you know, how the baby blues look. Um, but he could, he could be, um, you know, he had a certain work thing that he wanted to have. And sometimes for his focus, he didn't want anybody that didn't absolutely have to be in his sight line there. So sometimes if for whatever reason, he didn't feel locked in, he might suddenly go, get all those people out of there. Wow. You know? because it was distracting enough to him that he he felt it was compromising his performance. So um, I think sometimes in the way that you'll see athletes, tennis players, like mm -hmm. kind of blow up or whatever for a moment, whether it's to spur their energy or what it is, you know, he would have mo he could have a volatility about him that I think was part of his process, but it was never, you know, it was never directed at us. It was sure, never sure. mean. It would just be like, Oh, okay. Ralph's hit a point where, you know, okay, everybody. <laughs> right, right. You knew what he was doing. Oh, yeah. But to work yeah. with him and to do scenes with him, I mean, he was so brilliant. Him and Michael, I mean, I just, as I've been looking back at episodes and just watching their work, it's just so good. Um, and oh, Michael yeah. was incredibly 
she is such has such a big heart and she feels everything so strongly that it was always like is how's michael today <laughs> yeah. she was so sensitive um <clears throat> and she was going through difficult times um she was going through a divorce right at the beginning of the series and oh. trying to raise three three boys on her own and all the responsibility and the hours of doing this series so that's I think a lot frequently torn between loving the work and wanting to be there for the work but not being home for her kids and so i think there were some really difficult times for her um so you know she would get emotional at times and mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. everybody would be try to be there to support her but she could also get um she could get giddy like the kitchen table was was our bad spot <laughs> sometimes <laughs> with all that fooling around then we'd get to giggling and most of us could kind of shut it off and sometimes michael couldn't shut it off <laughs> Oh my so we'd gosh. go to roll and she'd like she'd be like giggling and mary mcdonough who played Aaron, she said she sat next to her at times and when we'd like be holding hands for to, for <laughs> grace she said she could feel michael's shoulder shaking or her hand shaking. Oh, that's like, funny you know, yeah um so sometimes we just have to keep you know keep multiple takes to try and get through something because she'd just keep breaking up um, oh wow how long were your shoot days by the way uh well they were minimum of 12 hours i would say okay. pretty much uh not for the when the children were underage up until we were 18 we could only be there for i think eight hours including mm -hmm. uh i think that that might have excluded lunch so we, we could be on set for eight hours which during that time we'd get as much schoolwork in as we could because we were also obligated to do three hours of schoolwork if we right. didn't get it in one day we could try and we could make it up on other days when we had less work uh so once our eight hours were up they had to send us home but the adults would continue on and do other scenes i see so a 12-hour day was kind of a union work day and then they would go into overtime so they would mm -hmm. try to keep it at 12 hours and every once in a while on a friday night we'd if we had late you know night scenes or something like that i remember doing like a 16 hour day one friday um to get night scenes but wow. then you had the whole weekend they had to give you a 12 hour turnaround mm -hmm. so if you if they wrapped at 7 30 they couldn't call you in before 7 30 the next morning i got gotcha. you um, and because we did have children and we didn't work we typically that was our you know, we, we wrapped and sometimes when the children were done, if they didn't have other scenes they could do, sometimes it would be less than a 12 hour day. It might be a 10 hour day. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times mm -hmm. crew members liked working on our show because we didn't have a ton of locations. And I with bet. all the kids, they knew that they had a better shot of getting home and seeing their families in the, in the evening. Yeah. Did you in, in your, uh, the, I guess the schoolroom, you know, uh, where your tutors were or, or, or whatever, were you there with, uh, kids from other shows that were also on the lot? No, it was just our cast. You know, there were initially six of us in school. We had two teachers, one for the three younger grades and one for those of us who were in high school. And then after John Walmsley was the first to graduate and then me. Hmm. Um, and so when there were four of them, I think they went down to just one teacher. Oh, um, okay. And then Eric graduated and then, you know, the three youngest. Uh, I know Cammie was, I think she trying to remember she was still in school even when the show ended she probably was hmm. so what yeah. what other shows were shooting on the lot at that time do you do you recall um i when we first got on the lot i know i believe uh bonanza was shooting next door or was it yeah i think bonanza was shooting wow. on the set next to us wow um for some of their interiors um some of the other shows that our company lorimar did like eight is enough filmed there mm -hmm. for it at some point um i i think er was on the on the lot at one point wow. um i know i remember sneaking over and seeing looking at the poseidon adventure set at one point because mm -hmm. when they weren't filming and every the whole upside down boat and wandering around and they're going oh, how cool okay now that's cool that's that seriously cool. cool come on yeah. did um, you get a chance to wander into a few things you know? Sometimes more the exterior sets than the interior. I didn't like to walk on other sound stages because I was never quite sure if it was going to be like I'd get in trouble if I was on a set. Yeah. Um, so yeah. unless I knew something or someone went, okay, hey, you can come over. But the exterior sets, unless it was like hot set, you know, sign on that they were, which just meant that it was 
it was ready for shooting. So don't right. touch anything. Don't get on the set. Yeah. But if it was just a set that wasn't being used, um, we ran all over the place. Like there was New York Street. There was stuff. There was sets that exteriors that were used for Gotham City and some of the Batman stuff. Wow. Like, which wasn't shooting at that point, but had. And um, the Midwest Street that I talk about has like the gazebo that was used in, I think, Music Man and oh. opening of Friends. And and then there was a sort of a, a mid uh, a sort of a Mexican town village thing. And at one point, Cammie, we just recently talked. Uh, she was kind enough to come on and do a Zoom with me for my yeah. YouTube channel. And we were just talking about general things. And I was asking her about her early years and who she was closest to and stuff and things that I thought the fans might enjoy hearing. Of course. And she was talking about, because she and David were closest in age, Elizabeth and Jim Bob, you know, she said they used to run all over the place and, and go onto sets and, and do sh pretend shootouts, you know, and, and rob banks and, you know, just kind of do all that kind of Aww. stuff. We had all these amazing sets to play with. I used to go over and there was a set that used to be on the back lot. The whole back lot's been torn down in parking yeah. lots and office It's such a shame. Yeah, yeah. But I used to adore, there was a set that had been used for the castle in Camelot. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and during the time we were on the lot, they totally decorated it up for the movie Lost Horizon. Oh, the musical version. love that. And yeah, and so I used to, when it wasn't being filmed on, I would a lot of times, if I'd go over there and just, if I had some time, just go hang out. They had all these nooks and crannies and stairs, and i just go hang out there. And oh. then they used it on in Kung Fu, the series. Yeah, I love, yeah. Um, so it was just used for different different, different shows. And um, so, yeah, I would go hang out and check out different sets and go through saloon doors and see what was inside places. Oh, that's so fun. I mean, I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry, that's a blast. Totally, so cool, such fun. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier uh, that you were over there on the Poseidon set and another yeah. little thing that I read and, and you know, Grant, sometimes I actually like to just throw them out there because I like to know, is it true, you know? Uh -huh. um, but there was one where it said that Sheila Allen who played the telephone operator and I was going to say the episode is the the vigil, but I could be wrong. And she if was I am in several episodes. Yes. Fanny okay. Tatum. Yeah. So, okay, good. Yeah. I feel better about that. Yeah. Um, but uh, here she's Erwin Allen's wife, which is yeah. ironic because obviously the Poseidon adventure. Yeah. I did not know that at the time. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if he ever came on to set. I don't know that I would have recognized him if he did. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, he has know, that every name. once in a while, um, people would like, also, like Dukes of Hazard filmed on the lot, and so mm -hmm. oftentimes we were on the back lot at the same time. So sometimes they would drive the General Lee through our oh, that's cool, our front yard just for fun. Yeah. Uh, so I knew I knew all those guys, um, and I didn't run across them, but uh, Fantasy Island would shoot there on the back lot. Sometimes it was one of the locations that oh. they used. Oh, so wow. sometimes the pond would be set up for something for fantasy island or whatever yeah <laughs> i mean i'm sorry that's so cool that you were yeah. there during that yeah. time i mean i'm 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 a total uh television geek so when i when i see hear that i'm like that's too cool so yeah. okay so you're uh what what is your I, if there is by the way i think it's really hard you were there nine seasons but what what is one of your favorite episodes oh man um uh, i used to say it was the burnout when the house burned down because it was one of the really memorable ones to me. I remember that Friday night when we worked late and there were like all these like visitors on the set. I mean, we had an open set anyway. The tour buses would bring, you know, bring their people. It was a much yeah. smaller tour than like Universal or something like that, but they would bring them in and they would let mm -hmm. them stand and watch us film. Well, this was at night, so it wasn't tours, but it, I think a lot of people had heard we were going to be shooting this and so there was like all these extra people out there watching as they oh, wow. theoretically burn the house down or at least you know set it set parts of it on fire so that was that was memorable to me in terms of filming but then as i've been watching episodes again in the last couple of years um some of the ones that have really stood out to me are the easter story when um, mm -hmm. our mother had polio and yeah there was just all these wonderful some of the two hour ones because we could interweave so many stories and that one had it was like everybody had something to do in that. 
um, or the best Christmas when another two hour when mama thinks it's going to be the last Christmas when everyone's together and so she wants to get everybody there and nothing's nothing's going right. I think I saw um, that one actually. Yeah, and, and Fanny thing. Tatum, Sheila Allen ends up in right. Drusilla's pond, and the, her car wow. crashes through the ice, and we have wow. to go rescue her. And um, so some of those, the firestorm, John Ritter. I mean, come on, talk about yeah. someone to work with to to oh, wow. work several seasons with John Ritter. Wow. Um, that one where uh, they want to burn the German books mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, is just a standout for me. Yeah, I've never heard, a, uh, I, at least, you know, on my end, I mean, my limited exposure to talking to people with uh, John Ritter, I've never heard a bad thing about the guy. Oh, he was, I mean, he was a wonderful actor. I mean, everyone's so used to him doing comedy, but mm -hmm. he did some wonderful drama work in, in the Waltons. I mean, mm -hmm. and uh, he and Richard were just best buds. You know, they loved working together and they were a couple of pranksters together. They would They would be always trying to break each other up. Um, and they were both young, you know, they were in their early oh, yeah. 20s. And oh, so yeah. A couple of young guys just, you know, trying to one up each other. And but they knew how to shut it off and do, you know, drop into a dramatic scene at, at a flash. So wow. uh, there was You're... there was a lot of that, you know, everybody was pretty good at shutting it off and getting, you know, flipping the switch and, and working, you know, when we had to. That's cool. Do you remember off, offhand any of the pranks that they pulled on each other? Uh, well, one of the things that they would do um is they'd get these like makeup sponges and oh, and they and they'd like create they'd they'd chew on them and so they would create saliva and so they they have like you know it would look like they were rabid because all this foam <laughs> would be <laughs> coming off falling oh. off their faces and stuff like that or you know oh my god that's funny yeah so they they do goofy things like that we you know there were pranks i don't remember a lot of the pranks but even you know certain Sometimes the crew was involved in pulling pranks yeah. as well. There was a time when um, uh, before we, we were in the kitchen and, and before they called Richard in for the scene, everybody drew a mole somewhere on their face. And oh my God, that is so cast funny. Everybody and Richard kind of came in and it, it's like he did this complete double take. And then, you know, he had a, he has a great sense of humor. So you, know, you, you could do, you could pull those kinds of things with him. I'm or sorry, one time somebody really uh, hit, that's a great one. At one point he had a dressing room on the set. There were some dressing rooms literally on the soundstage and and they were small. And one of the crew had found this like big, huge stuffed moose that was on a roller and rolled it into his dressing room so that when he went to open the door, this big, huge, giant <laughs> door size <laughs> moose. <laughs> I love stuff like that. I'm sorry. So we, you That's know, great. we'd hide peas in the mashed potatoes and, you know, we didn't have oh, any major food fights, but we would definitely mess around with the food. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. I love it. Um, so Michael Lernard, by the way, leaves the show. Um, and was it like, a, um, I, well, she was there a long time, but I want to say it was like the eighth season, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. What do you recall? Was that kind of a bit of a blow? Well, we'd already lost Richard. Right. So we lost him after five seasons. We knew he was, he, we knew he was going, you know, at the end of the fifth season. Um, and. Oh, you did know? You knew ahead yeah, of time? Yeah, we knew he was, we knew in the fifth season that it was going to be his last season. He'd signed a five-year contract and he honored the five-year contract, but he wanted to, you know, move on to other acting challenges. He was still really young and, you know, he figured he'd done what he could do with John Boy and move on. Yeah. Uh, so that was very sad to see him go. Um, and then Michael was there for, I think, another two seasons before she left to go do her next series, Nurse, mm -hmm. which filmed in New York. Um, yeah, I mean, every time somebody left, it was it was sad. You know, we were just mm -hmm. such an ensemble that we missed him on the set, missed doing scenes with them. Um, you know, the, the dynamics of the show started to change because we were all growing up. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I, I, much as it was fun to have storylines where I got married and then had a kid, but it was like, I got married and then I wasn't in the house, which was a drag because then I wasn't around them. I'm like, wait right. a minute, wait a minute. I need to get back in the house. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise they needed to write something specific for, yeah, I might drop by for a scene or two. I'm like, I have nothing to do. Come on, come on. Right. Uh, so when, you know, when Kurt went off to Pearl Harbor, 
or went off it went into the army i got to move back to the house <laughs> right right you're like see ya <laughs> yay <laughs> that's really funny i know wow. we have different priorities on and offset <laughs> oh my god that's classic so okay so the the show the show ends um well first of all when it when it did, how far in advance did you know that this is it we didn't uh, I had a funny feeling you were going to yeah. say that. So, so yeah, common. we were not told. Now, it's possible that you could consider that the last episode we did, The Revel, uh, which had kind of a celebration, sort of a party, uh -huh. that maybe it was suspected that that would be the last season. But the year before, we had we had done a decade of The Waltons. Uh, so I don't know. It wasn't really like it wasn't our 10th season or anything like that. But, right. You know, right. They, they did that. And I wondered if, if there was some thought that, well, that might be the last episode to end with this whole thing with us talking about the show and showing clips, but it wasn't, we did another season. Um, and then, you know, I didn't, we didn't know. I mean, literally between seasons that we kind of got, got the word that the show wasn't being picked up. Um, so there was no specific, I mean, I heard it through the grapevine. Oh my gosh, you're kidding. You know, it wasn't like somebody called and told us. It was just, I think I may have heard it through the entertainment grapevine. Oh my gosh, isn't that app? I mean, for somebody in the outside like myself, hearing that is almost unbelievable. It's like, you're you're the one of the stars of the show. Nobody picks up the phone and says, hey, by the way, Judy, we're not gonna be, I mean, yeah. wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it it was a little odd, and it was, it was it was hard to process. Really, um, mm -hmm. I had very mixed feelings because I knew that you're in a sort of a limbo when you're doing a series. Because for us, we worked nine months out of the year. Yeah, yeah. You know, we did we did you know nowadays. I mean, shows are lucky to do ten, twelve, thirteen episodes That's in a right. season. But we were doing like twenty two to twenty six. Wow. So it was a it was most of your most of your year and i knew that at some point i mean i started as a teenager at some point i was going to have to figure out you know the next step in my life sure and i knew that as long as the series was going i couldn't really figure out what that was going to be if i was going to continue acting or not or what i was going to do so i felt like i was sort of sitting in this limbo yeah until the show ended so a part of me was like okay good now i can figure out the next phase of my life sure but the other part of me was like really sad because here was this incredible ensemble and this this show that i had been a part of my life for you know 10 11 years now so you kind know, of an sad, actor's I dream i mean yeah. i i mean there are many actors out there that wish they could have been on a show for nine nine seasons like yourself so that 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 is a gift but it's just crazy to me that they would end like that I, another thing I had read, and please, if you would just give, tell me if this is true or not, that the um, the studio never quite appreciated the kids. Is that true or not? You know, it's hard to say. It it felt to us like they didn't appreciate us as much as we would like. We always yeah. wondered how much of that was negotiating tactics. Mm. Um, you know, because we would hear things like, well, they're replaceable if they, you know, if they don't want to take this offer, then we'll just replace them. Oh, so boy. scare tactics, you know, to sort of. Um, so, but it was from the perspective of being a teenager and seeing the way. The difference between how the grownups were treated and how the kids were treated, you right? Know, just the we were expected to do the same job mm -hmm. be, be prepared be ready all the responsibilities of that maybe not always as many hours until we turned 18. right but we weren't necessarily like early on they didn't want to give us certain things that were really union rules like you know every working actor is supposed to have a chair mm -hmm. on the set and our parents would be like well they don't have chairs and they're like well they're in school if they're not on the set they don't need chairs unbelievable you know their moms will just sit in them and it would be like well where are our moms supposed to sit on the ground oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh is that I bizarre. mean it would just be like and it wasn't everybody it was just you know there was we would hear certain things and there were 
there was like one particular person that we had to interact with who had that was sort of the 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 relay point and mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. he got labeled as the bad guy you know right um, right we weren't awfully fond of him you know it was not one of our key producers it never was from earl hamner our creator right and i didn't really have much of a relationship with some of the other you know like our executive producers and stuff like that yeah. so it was impossible to know who was saying what so you could just form this opinion about about that um but it was a little like you, we we got this sense of this attitude like the kids need to just be quiet and do their job and not cause trouble and you know get on with it and yes wow. as i said we could be naughty at times we were kids and your kids we could yeah. be you know assertive at times i know i went through a really rebellious kind of troublemaking oh i am sure everything so i get how you know there were times where they were like oh would they just <laughs> behave and do the job yeah uh, so then it could feel you could get this adversarial sort of thing going on um you know but it was a different era yeah Kids it was. were not particularly uh cons at that point in time, you really didn't have shows where the kids were the stars of the show, particularly. Yeah. It was usually the parents were the stars and the kids were the supporting. And we were fortunate that we had so much we we got to do as kids, mm -hmm. how many storylines we had. Um, and it was a new company. We were the first show they did. Lorimar? For yeah. Lorimar? Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. So they, I, so my, I always figured they were using the, the profits they were making on our show to bankroll their other shows. Literally, they did <laughs> a ton. Because we'd hear, you know, like that the actors going into the, you know, another show. I mean, especially for us kids, we'd be like, "Wow, they're getting paid more than us. We're like five, six years into a series, and they're getting paid more in their first year than we're getting <laughs> yeah. paid." That doesn't seem fair. Yeah, you know? something's a little off. So you yeah. can get into that sort of. Well, how, that's not fair. How come they're getting treated better than we are? <laughs> yeah. Did you work as, you know, like the cast of Friends, they all uh, they all got together and it was like, it's all being negotiated, all six of us or whatever. You know, was was that the case with the Waltons uh, kids? Yeah, for the six children, yes. uh, we did work on A Favored Nations. So okay. whatever was negotiated for the kids, you know, was something that we all... That was that was so there was no there was nothing amongst any of us to say well why is that person worth more than i am so there was you know the high which made sense mm -hmm. i mean richard was a star oh, yeah. and then ralph and michael were you know the next layer of stars and then right. will and ellen were and but i t i remember working with um uh some other actors like i worked with larry linville on a theater production for oh yeah MASH. oh of and course he talked about the same thing on mash he said you know that there were the stars and then the rest of them who in his opinion got paid peanuts wow. so it's all, it's all relative yeah you know and you can feel well why aren't i you know it's like well i wasn't the star of the show you know yeah i guess you got to look back and think be thankful for everything you did get yeah absolutely by right. by regular standards as a kid to be making any oh, kind of paycheck that wasn't minimum wage was amazing <laughs> right exactly you know? and, and i kind of in some ways i think it was i think it was it was good from the standpoint that it kept us kept us real, kept us humble. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, none of us retired off of that. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a different era, so um, I'm sure athletes feel the same way. Oh, know, sure. Some of the contract things now, and you know, it was it just meant that all right, the show's over. I can't just retire. I need to figure out my life. You and know? maybe that's a good thing. And maybe I think that's what it, I think it is you. at that age. Yeah. Yeah, because I I think some of the things that, some of the the, the sad stories we hear about young performers not doing well, I think sometimes there is, perhaps excess that plays into that. I don't know. I'm just speculating, mm -hmm. but right, you know, um, we didn't. You know, I didn't have enough money to get in that much trouble. <laughs> yeah, hey, I think that's so terrific. That's I really that's do. Not thing. Yeah. So, um, be you know. It, I, we've talked a lot about the Waltons, and I, I'm thrilled we did. By the way, there's just some great stuff there. But I, I think it would, it would, it wouldn't do you justice to not talk about some of the because you are extremely athletic. I mean, you did uh, Battle of the Network Stars, uh, Circus of the Stars, all these different things. And I'm looking through it. I'm like, my gosh, what 
<laughs> what type of athletics don't you do? I mean, <laughs> I saw on Circus of the Stars that you did trapeze. I'm sorry, that is scary in itself, just going up there. What, how, did, how, can you tell us a little bit about that? Like, how did, how did they train you for that? How the heck did you do that? Oh man, um, I think I agreed to do that because it scared me and I wanted to kind of work to overcome that. I'm not a real big fan of heights. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, okay, you know, let me see if I can get past that. I, I got through it. I don't think I got past it. Um, did you make it, the drop, like have to like fall to that oh, net? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I mean, it was, it was terrifying. It was 12 weeks of training. Wow. Um, five or six days a week for like a couple hours a day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause you have to build up that enough strength and, you know, the skill to do that. You know, and I, I would look at, that was another case, but I'd look at, I remember somebody, one of the other celebrities who came in it, cause it was a training compound sort of in the backyard of the guy who, was the catcher for yeah. our trapeze, Bob Yerke. So, um, he had a trapeze in his backyard. He had a high wire. He had, so he, ha he had various different things in his backyard, which was where we'd go and train. Oh and sometimes gosh. somebody would show up to do some, somebody showed up to do something where he was gonna like swing on a rope through and break some hoop and, uh, you know, talk to some dogs. You know, he, he came out once and I think that was a favored nations show. Uh, and I went, no, wait a minute. I'm doing 12 weeks, <laughs> two hours a day. And he swings on through there once. Hmm. <laughs> I picked the wrong stunt, <laughs> but then I wasn't offered. I was, I was offered either, um, high wire or flying trapeze why i thought that trapeze would be less wow. scary than high wire i have no idea did you do the full you know like they go back and forth and then you know sometimes they just turn and you're you're the other guy catches you but then there's also the one where you do a somersault and then you get caught what did you do either one scares the heck I out of me i did do a layout somersault to the catcher wow yeah and then i did another one that was a little bit easier um where you're kind of upside down and you and upside down into a four, as much of a split as you can do, and then when you see you can see the catcher and you kind of you know let go and when he's right there, but yeah the layout is kind of a. You know you don't see him until you actually get your around there and you hope he's there. <laughs> oh my gosh, you must have been so proud of yourself. I am sorry. Oh. That would be amazing. Yeah. So it was yeah, but I I was not sorry to some sports that I have done for shows or for events or whatever I have continued to do, but trapeze, yeah. it was like happy to hang up the trapeze. <laughs> Believe it. Um, so I like to give everybody a chance that that's on a, uh, on the podcast to kind of say like, you know, what they're doing now. And, and, and please it, that, you know, from any angle, whether it be like, charitable wise, or I know you're doing your, your YouTube um, episodes where you comment on, on the past uh, uh, Walton's episodes. Why don't you tell us a little bit ab about that? Uh, okay. You know, what, whatever angle you want to go from. Great. Well, yeah, during COVID, I decided um, since I had extra time and just wanted to try and connect with people. We have wonderful, wonderful, loyal fans of the Waltons who've been Very. continue to watch now 50 years later. So uh, I saw that Cami Kotler had been doing some episodes talking about what she remembered about filming. And I went, oh, what a cool idea. You know, I could do mm -hmm. something like that. So I started this behind the scenes of the Waltons thing where I'll talk about different episodes, things I remember, you know, things that stand out to me as I rewatch the episode. And so I've been doing that for a couple years and, you know, I, I, I'll do it a little while longer. I'm not going to do it forever. So uh, people mm -hmm. need to check it out now, just in case it goes away. <laughs> this is a limited offer. Hear um, that everyone out there. Yes. And then I started, you know, people would in the comments and I try to read everybody's comments and at least, mm -hmm. you know, respond in some way, even if it's like, thank you, uh, sure. people would ask questions. And so then I started, uh, doing these segments called Ask Judy, and where I would literally take, well, Joe asked blah, 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 and I will answer mm -hmm. the question. Uh, so I started doing those segments as part of it also. So if people are interested in seeing some of that stuff, there are spoilers about the house not being real and things like oh, that. Yeah. Sometimes people are like, oh, I wish I didn't know that. It's like, so beware. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. Buyer beware, yeah. there are spoilers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
and um, it's if, if you just look up Judy Norton channel on YouTube you'll you're bound to find me um, and I post every Monday and Thursday an episode Wow, I'm impressed, Judy. Being in this business with the podcast, I know that is no small task that you do that. No, I, I yes, true. So yes, I have to laugh when people because I I just did this week. Um, I just put up one where Cami Kotler and I sat and did a Zoom like this, and then my editor, and then I yeah, and then my editor put it together, and you know, yeah. Uh, so I have somebody who helps me with the editing. Actually, my son does it. He's really good at it. Wonderful. Um, and you know, when we use visuals from the series to highlight what's you know what i'm talking about but then yeah. go, oh i wish you just get i wish you'd have more of the cast on and get the cast together it's like people have no clue how much work it is mm-hmm. i mean it took me months to coordinate with cammy to pick a time that worked for her yep. and worked for me and you know and then the amount of time it takes to with these segments imagine if you had to edit this down to like 10 minutes Oh, no, I, I really get it, Judy. With visuals. Yes. You know, so it's like, yeah. oh, and then sometimes, you know, someone's the, the something, the audio wasn't good. Or the, and, you know, yep. some, I feel for my editor then having to try and make it work out the best as possible. So to try and coordinate people, it's like, I just have to laugh and go, I'm sorry, but it's really not going to happen. <laughs> I know, I know. Who am I going to call in that many favors? Because right. it's, you know, it, it's a lot to ask other people to show up and do that. So it is. Um, but I appreciate that they're interested and they think it's so simple. It's like when they find out it took six and a half days to film an episode. Why did it take so long? It's like, oh, <laughs> right. right. Yeah. I'm explaining a lot of that in my behind the scenes, <laughs> why it takes so long and how I many takes it. and how come, you know, how many times you have to turn around and how many takes. And, um, so anyway, wow. so I'm doing that and yes. then I'm, a, I'm just finishing post-production on a short film that, um, I wrote and directed, uh, during COVID. Um, wow, which will probably impressive. end up streaming. You know, it was something to do during COVID. So mm-hmm. I got together um, a group of actors that are part of a writer's group I'm in and just said, hey, let's shoot something. So we spent a couple of days shooting this thing, a little just kind of fun sci-fi thing. You know, a bunch great. of people in little pods heading to other planets and their little journeys along the way and everybody's little, you know, self-exploration as they take this long journey. Um, Where can people see that? Hopefully, I mean, what's the ultimate? I will probably I'll I'll post something probably and let people know through my YouTube and whatnot. I expect it'll end up just simple, like streaming on YouTube or something. Yeah, sure. um, When it's out, um, and I'll put it on my post it on my social media. Okay, good to know. know. Um, You know, and then there've been there's always projects I'm kind of in the works, things I'm writing because I got into also writing and directing. So mm-hmm. there was, you know, things that were supposed to happen and COVID preempted them. So whether they get back For many of track, us, yeah. who knows? Um, so, you know, and then I'm just spending time, certain amount of, a certain amount of time when I have free time to goofing off. I think that's a very good idea for all of us. Yeah, I like that. Well, listen, uh, I really appreciate you very much. Uh, I enjoy talking with you thoroughly. And, um, you know, thanks for being as as in depth as you were too. I think the fans will love it. I know I did. So, um, but I look forward to seeing any, you know, any more of your work and things like that. And I, I will certainly check out the Ju- Judy Norton channel and uh, see some of that. I, I'm intrigued as can be right now. So um, anyway, just thanks a bunch. I w- wish you all the, all the best on everything you do. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. (laughs) All right. Take care of yourself. Bye. (laughs) Bye Bye-bye. Follow us on Spotify and iTunes and leave us a review. Thank you so much.